You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Travelling Tunes with Dr Kirsten Zimke. Morena Kirsten, how are you today? I'm good. That is, good. that is good to hear. I'm very excited about uh, where we're going in the world of music. Uh, vintage vocal is a sort of, I guess, a good catch-all for it, but what are we talking about today? Well, yeah, because I only notice it being called vintage vocal, I don't know, last couple of years. It's definitely not what the music was called in its day, and we are doing older music, but the... This music in its day, I mean, it's been called rock and roll, uh, doo-wop, barbershop, it's been jazz, swing, you know, we're even going to, you know, disco, and the the remnants of it is is like having boy bands and girl bands and K-pop today. Like, True. So this is like, I guess, you know, we're used to bands where you play your own instruments, and some of these ones we'll talk about do play instrument. But it's having multiple lead vocalists, I guess. Multiple right. vocalists. I see. I'm going to hit this, this hit this first thing. track. Sad movies always make me cry. The Lennon sisters. Are they actually sisters? Yes. Nice. Yes. And a lot of these bands back in this time, so, you know, one of its heydays, there's different phases, was... um. In the 50s and 60s, and this is 1961. They were actual family <laughs> siblings. That's so cute. And these guys, um, the biggest hit was Tonight You Belong to Me. Ah, of course it was. But their biggest, I guess, venue was really, was actually television. So they'd have these like variety television shows back then, and so these guys were on TV a lot. Because they were cute, and at certain times the little sister was little. Oh my gosh! And this, they um, they were so popular, you could get uh, paper dolls, lunch boxes, and coloring books. Oh, that's so wholesome. <laughs> it's so wholesome that it makes me be like, what was the agenda? You know, <laughs> what were they? What, were we doing? what values were they pushing? Nah, this is very nice. But so, you know, the the biggest vocal group of all time is the Spice Girls, which. Is so different True. than this tradition, but I guess it's just this umbrella term. So that's why vintage, the vintage groups are vintage. more rooted in um, sort of gospel and barbershop and and doo wop. But so, you think about even in the seventies, um, the Jackson Five, and then later on, Destiny's Child, Abba. It also makes me think of like TV shows like The Brady Bunch and stuff that all sort of feed into the same. Yes, yeah. It was definitely more, um, you know, sort of mainstream middle America. Yeah. But the irony is back in this time that they are in 1961, this was called rock and roll. And so for TV shows to have, I guess because it was just in the pop charts. So the TV shows, you know, would say, you know, we're having this rock and roll, even though obviously it's very different. We don't even have like guitar and stuff. I mean, those are beautiful harmonies. I don't know. I mean, me and my siblings, we did sing harmonies in the car. <laughs> Actually, we used to sing Christmas carols in Queen Street. Oh, cute. <laughs> 
I guess there's something about siblings, you know, that you have similar voices. You know, yeah. Blend yeah. Well. You've got one, uh, you know, shared manager already that is your that's momager. <laughs> momager. Oh, I actually don't read about the Lennon sisters. The story is diabolical. Oh, God. Now I'm fascinated. <laughs> Child's a movie. Okay, so this is 1959, The Flamingos. And so when it was African-Americans, it was they called it doo-wop more often because they did the doo-wops, literally. And what was funny is, so those are the Flamingos. Apparently a lot of the bands have bird names for some reason. There's the Penguins, the Ravens. an interesting trend. Who yeah. recently sampled this? There's a song that I think is doing, like, the TikTok rounds at the moment that samples oh. this. If you can uh, tell me what it is on 5395, <laughs> I'll be very grateful. It's going to probably annoy me all morning otherwise. And these guys, have, I saw pictures of them playing their instruments. So I guess, you know, because they had sort of five members in the band. So maybe, obviously over time, there's multiple members. You know, they'll be so-and-so left the band here and so-and-so joined. And these guys grew up singing gospel. Actually, this um, this song was also a hit for Art Garfunkel in 1975. True. Oh, and another cool fun fact for those Mizo people out there. They record it, like, all of them at the same time live. You know, instead of doing the... Normally now, you would record each person separately and get each thing perfect and then mix yeah. it. They would record it all on one microphone you know, more to how they would do it live. And so they kind of naturally knew where to stand. Right. You know, so that they were controlling the volume by where they stood and to get the right mix. I guess they were live mixing, if that makes sense. That's so interesting. So what do you think it is with this fascination for, like, shared vocal groups, particularly in the, in the 60s? Why... Why was this so popular over other forms of music? I mean, there were other forms also popular, but what was the deal with this phenomenon? Well, it is, when you think about it, so different than the, the solo, you know, the soloist. And, and back then, having, you know, your Elvises or even your Frank Sinatras or your Johnny Cash, you know, it was very around a person. And oftentimes, in a lot of these groups, the people were more interchangeable. I mean, I know now, you know, let's say for K-pop, people do know the band members and their names and which member they like. But there is more of a sort of cookie cutter sort of vibe to it. Um, and uh, one theorist, I mean, who knows, but one academic talks about it that people do feel more like accessible because that they could do it too. You know, they aren't True. a Mariah Carey. They aren't so, they're, you know, they're a little more um, accessible. Talent normal, shared across the group. And it, I guess it has at least also this like, sheen of uh, respectability as well and big quote yep. marks there but you know they're all very clean cut they all yes, look absolutely they're all wearing matching smart suits or the girls are all wearing matching dresses and there's something wigs. very you know you could show your parents in this in absolutely the, show your parents yeah. that and they wouldn't be concerned and, and wouldn't it friends. be wouldn't it be every parent's dream to have their kids form a little singing group <laughs> <laughs> well mine was mine for some of you out there now here's a classic Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. 
So this is the Dixie Cups, literally named for a brand of cups. It'd be like the Solo Cups. Okay, uh, yes. Because they were Southern, um, they thought it'd be cute to call it Dixie. Um, 1964, they are siblings and a cousin. Um, and you think about, by this time in 64, Motown has really been sort of cranking out the hits mm. with girl groups and stuff. And here's something, I you know, I heard this song countless times. Some, someone was talking about this song that a lot of the songs were more teen love, whereas this song was like, we're actually going to get married now. Yeah, certainly and so they, Yeah, so they felt this was kind of, that's why this song kind of changed it up. This has been in so many movies, eh? Yes, it has. And apparently, like, um, Elton John's version has been in movies. There's a Beach Boys version. Of course it has. But I guess because it does take you to that, like, final level, you know, you're de- you know, dating or you meet them, but, you know, you finally get to where you're supposed to go. In the context of, like, um, all the civil rights movements that were kind of at their, I guess, like, one of their heightened points in this time in the 60s. What does it mean for a band like the Dixie Cups, who are African-American, to have, like, mainstream popularity? What was the, like, way that that was being received? Well, that's, that's interesting. Very interesting question. I can talk for a long time about it. But, yeah. So, on the one time, one hand, these guys are doing really benign songs, and they're not you know singing anything we see later people like james brown marvin Gaye saying i just can't do it anymore i gotta talk about what's happening mm. literally what's going on get it but um with marvin Gaye. but um on the other hand this music being so popular it did i guess sort of breed a little bit more sort of understanding and affinity and just you know palatability so this because Motown is contentious. Did he sell out and make the music too white for white audiences? But on the other hand, did it, you know, have this more familiarity for the white community? So, yeah, there's there's um, multiple feelings about mm. about this. That's super interesting. We could talk about that for yeah. hours, for sure. Uh, thank you for bringing us some, uh, I guess, recontextualized as vintage vocal groups. Yeah, some, that's, like, right, that's right. Uh, some lovely harmonies from the 60s and the late 50s this morning. I appreciate that a lot, Kirsten. Have a, just do up away. We'll just do, do up away. Do up into the yeah. weekend. Have a lovely weekend yourself, and we will talk okay. to you next week. Kaki right. day. That was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimpke. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.